Blog Talk Radio. Hello, Nats Sound. Welcome to Nats Nightly, sponsored by FederalBaseball.com. This is Patrick Reddington from Federal Baseball. I've got Dave Nichols on the phone with us once again after the Nationals' 11-4 win, which seems reasonable out there in Colorado over the Rockies tonight, 15-6 and on the year after the win. Dave, we'll start with Bryce Harper, 4-for-4 night at the plate tonight. I pulled up his uh, stats on Twitter. Hold on a second. My page isn't loading, but he's having one hell of a road trip out there in Colorado now, all the way through Atlanta, New York now. Uh, after the 4-for-4 four four night tonight, 17-for-29, that's a 5.86 average, six doubles, three home runs, nine walks, 14 runs scored on the road trip. Uh, we spent a lot of time last year talking about Bryce Harper and the fact that we didn't think he was healthy. His agent said at just as much, uh, essentially admitted that there was something wrong with him last year, even though Bryce Harper still refuses to <laughs> confirm that fact. But when you see him hitting like he is now, I think he has more opposite field hits than uh, pull hits so far this year. Clearly there was something going on with him. If he doesn't want to use it as an excuse or whatever was going on last year and continues to go on this year, just last week with Ken Rosenthal, he ignored a question about whether he was healthy last year and just talked about the team uh, but clearly this is a different Bryce Harper we're seeing so far this season. I don't want to jinx him or cause any trouble, but he looks more like the 2015 Harper than anything we saw last year after April, basically. Yeah, I completely agreed. And, you know, it's uh, um, it's kind of funny. Tom Boswell in a chat the other day uh, said he was joking with, with Harper. When, uh, he made a catch and ran into the wall, and he asked him how his shoulder was. And, and Boswell remarked that that. that that Harper looked at his other shoulder and said, that's the one that was hurt or something to that. Um, you know, it's funny that he'll joke around with, uh, with the team's ombudsman that, that actually is a columnist for the Washington Post about it, but, uh, uh, but nothing in public and nothing official. But I saw something very interesting about Bryce Harper uh, floating around in the stats today on, on the Twitters is that, that he is um, in the top ten all time in OPS uh, in major leagues for the months of, of March and April. And it was a fascinating list because it featured first ballot Hall of Famers like Barry Bonds and Willie Mays and, and Jimmy Fox and, and some others and Mark McGuire. And then there's Bryce Harper at like four or five on the list. And the only outlier on the entire list was Jim Leyrich, who was in the top ten at all time in OPS uh, for the months of March and April. But uh, it was really kind of a neat, interesting list that, um, to be full of first ballot Hall of Famers like that, and then and then Bryce Harper is remarkable. And uh, you know he had a terrific April last year. Obviously, we continue to speculate about about the injuries and whatnot. And um, he's just he's just he, he's hitting over. He's going to end up hitting over 400 for the month of April. Um, you know the, the the power is there. You mentioned the extra base hits going the other way. Um, playing solid defense. Um, this is what we expected out of Bryce Harper. Um, what, what we expected out of him last year until um, until he got, you know, sustained the, the phantom injury or whatever. So, um, again, this is a guy that, that's, that's, you know, not even in the prime of his career um, and just doing things that, that, that people uh, are amazed at day by day. And, and to look at the numbers uh, right now is really quite astonishing. Brian Zimmerman, equally impressive so far this season. Uh 
three for four after an RBI liner to left in the seventh and made it six to two. Uh, Murphy followed with the three run home run to right nine to two at that point. Number four for Murphy on the season on the night. Ryan Zimmerman goes three for five, connects for another home run, an opposite field blast, just absolutely crushed a pitch off of uh, Tyler Chatwood in the fifth inning, his eighth of the month of April. Uh, we talked about Ryan Zimmerman last night, how important he is to this lineup. He, he made a comment afterwards about uh, how having uh, the, just the top of this lineup, Turner doing what he is, Harper, Zimmerman, Murphy, it's just not nice for opposing pitchers. Uh, Anthony Rendon continues to struggle there in the sixth spot, but the way they're going right now, you can carry a struggling player for a little while. And Ryan Zimmerman's just having the month of his life so far and kind of putting to rest some of those questions about whether he was done. Yeah, it, it's great news for him. I mean, uh, this is a guy, and, you know, we talked about it uh, the other night, that, uh, you know, for the last two years we were really wondering if his career was over and how bad an albatross his, his contractor was going to look um, for the last couple of years of it. Obviously, the contract isn't going to age well. The, the Nets have gotten fairly lucky with the way that the Jason Ward's contract has aged. Um, you know, Zimmerman has, you know, I think three more years on his deal. Um, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, but either way, that's right. Uh, see this re- yeah, see this renaissance for him this year. Eight homers, 21 RBIs. He's still got a few more days left uh, here in the month of April. He's got to be considered one of the um, with him and Harper both considered front runners for players of the month. And, and really, it, it, it's it's good news for 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 the Nats. It's good news for Nats fans. It's good news for for Ryan Zimmerman. All, you know, it's just good news for everybody. Uh, that, that he's enjoying this success, and, and it looks like that, um, you know, that, that he's fully healthy and, and going to be able to contribute. They don't, you know, they don't need Ryan Zimmerman to be a 40 home run guy, but um, but being relegated to first base, he has to be productive, and um, and the Nets have been able to get that production out of him thus far uh, um, in, in space. I mean, he's just been absolutely terrific. Yeah, I'm just checking Cots baseball contracts. Uh, 14 million this year, 14 next year, 18 million in 2019, 18 million again with a club option or a two million dollar buyout in 2020. Then of course he has a five-year, 10 million dollar personal services contract with the Nationals after that. So they have a big investment in Ryan Zimmerman. If he can keep doing anything close to what he's doing right now over the next couple seasons, it'll pay off for the Nationals. It's still going to hurt to be paying $18 million to him like they were paying $21 million to worth over the last few years. But you lock up a franchise player for a six-year $100 million deal, you know, you're going to have to accept, just like they did with the worst contract, that some of those years at the end might not be him at his peak. But so far this season, right. we're getting some impressive results from Zimmerman, also getting some impressive results from Trey Turner, who somehow managed to come within a triple of hitting for the cycle for the second straight night. Uh, there, I thought there was an interesting note in the uh, Nationals game notes on uh, what he accomplished last night, citing uh, numbers from Elias. He was the eighth player in Major League history to drive in seven runs while hitting for the cycle and the second youngest to do it behind only. Have any guess there? Oh, geez, no, I have no guess at all. <laughs> I just got to pick, like, a great player from baseball history. I thought you might have a shot at it. But Joe DiMaggio, 22 years oh, old, wow. 226 days uh, when he hit for the cycle, drove in seven runs against the Washington Senators July 9th, 1937. So Trey's putting himself in some pretty uh, good company here. Three for five, three runs scored, two RBIs tonight, 326 average on the year now. This road trip has really been good for Trey Turner. But more importantly, uh, 
you look at the guy, Dusty Baker joked the other day that he was able to heal up from his hamstring injury because he's 15 and uh, heals quickly at such a young age, but 23 years old at this point, doesn't look like he's uh, as solid as he is, but the power on that home run tonight just sent one out to straight center field off of Chatwood, just absolutely crushed a pitch there and it continues to surprise me. I don't, I don't know why it continues to happen with what he's done so far, but that power does kind of surprise me every time he hits one out like that. Yeah, and I mentioned it the other night when he had his home run the other night. He just he gets tremendous backspin on the ball, um, and, and some of that is, is just is just a natural swing. Um, you know, it was uh, um, late in the season last year when he homered at Nats Park and, and homered to straight away left field and damn near hit the concourse on the fly. I mean that that's that's you know Ryan or Adam Dunn territory. That's uh, Josh Willingham territory. That's you know Turner can't weigh 160 pounds soaking wet. Yet he generates such backspin that he gets such power on the ball. It really is remarkable, and it's fun to watch a, a guy like that get up there and, and and be able to put that much jolt into the ball. It's like kind of watching uh, uh, Davis Love the third for anybody that's a golf fan. If Davis Love weighed 150 pounds, he could hit it 340 yards. You know, it's the same concept: is that uh, um, you know you get the right backspin on the ball and the right trajectory, uh, the ball's going to go a long way, and, and it just the ball flies off his bat. I just checked baseball reference for the heck of it. Six one, one eighty five pounds, according to them. But I think they might be being generous. He did put on some weight this year, as a lot of young players do after they go through the grind of a full season a couple times and decide that they don't want to have to lose as much weight as they do during a season, so they bulk up beforehand. Maybe that one eighty five is true, but I think it might be pushing it. Uh, Tanner Roark mm-hmm. on the mound. We've gone through 10 minutes without talking about what he was able to do on uh, in Coors Field. One previous appearance out in Denver. Uh, it's a relief appearance, though. He's making his first start tonight in the Rockies' home. 2-0 and and four starts before tonight. 3-6-5 ERA, 3-4-7 FIP, five walks, 17 Ks. 221, 277, 330 line against and 24 and two thirds. Uh, early in this game, I wrote in my notes apparently Tanner Roark is impervious to altitude. Uh, he threw score, four scoreless. 6 uh, 3 DP got him out of a first and third, one out jam in the third. Uh, 63 pitches through four. A single, however, three walks in the fifth, uh, forces in a run at that point, 5-1, to 5-2 on a ground out to second, or a fourth at second, I should say. Uh, he struck Carlos Gonzalez out to end a 41-pitch frame at 104 total after five. That's all he gave him tonight, and that's all the Nationals needed on a big night for the offense. Five innings out in Colorado, five hits, two runs, two earned, improves to 3-0 and on the year. Uh, ERA boosts up a little bit to 3-6-4, but impressive performance from Tanner Roark until that last inning when he ran into trouble there. I'm kind of surprised they let him go up to 41 pitches in that frame, but they did let him work his way out of his own jam. Yeah, you know, it, 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 it's no wonder he ran out of gas there in the fifth inning since he was throwing nothing but bowling balls earlier in the game. Uh, it's, just, <laughs> it, it's hard to imagine – um, it's hard to imagine there in the rarefied air of Denver that anybody can get sync on the ball, but yet um, there's Tanner Roar going up there and throwing ground balls. You mentioned the double play. Um, you know, this is a guy that just really has had a remarkable run here with the Nats, and um, I'm as surprised as anyone. I certainly saw him coming up through the minors, saw a guy that had a big league arm, but doubted if he, um, you know, obviously never ran up the big strikeout number, so I doubted his uh, ability to, to pitch deep in games um, simply because, you know, he couldn't strike people out. He gave up a lot of contact, but um, but he gives, he, he's still giving up contact. He gives up 
uh, weak contact. If you look at his numbers, he gives us some of the weakest contact in the league um, and just is continuing to do it. Obviously, um, the, the World Baseball Classic shot for him this year uh, gave him a shot in the arm, and, and he has just continued the, the, the same kind of success that he's had um, the last couple of years as a starter. Um, he's, he's just picked up right where he left off. Yeah, I checked it again in my notes and wrote down that I have to remind myself every time he goes out there and has success, he's a 2008 25th round pick by the Texas Rangers. Uh, Rizzo calls him a scouting and development success story. They found him in the Rangers system. They got him out of there and that deal for Christian Guzman and along with Ryan Petusco, uh didn't pan out like Roark did, but the fact that he's made the career that he has uh, considering how far he's come, is just continues to impress every time he goes out there. And I still think one of these days the rest of the league is going to figure him out, as we've been saying for, what, five years now. But continues right. to impress every time he goes out there. Uh, it wasn't all good news today as we wrap this up. Uh, Coda Glover went on the DL with a left hip impingement. Uh, I'm going to call on Dr. Dave to tell me what that means. Uh, he had a torn labrum in that hip. Uh, I thought it was funny this uh, this winter when they uh, talked about him having a torn labrum. All the writers wrote it out at uh, Winterfest, and, and that's the art people went around and politely asked for everyone to add the hip part into that sentence because everyone was just writing right. torn labrum. But uh, that was a serious injury at the end of the year. He chose not to have surgery uh worked his way back and told everyone that it's something he's going to have to monitor and work on all the time. So having an issue with it this early in the season has got to be some cause for concern for the Nationals who are already a little uh, light in the bullpen and struggling with the guys that they did have. Yeah, no, it, it's an immediate concern. I mean, this is a guy that um, that obviously they want to lean on heavy back there and, um, and they're not going to have him. And, and this is a recurrence of an injury. Um, obviously, this is a problem. I mean, this isn't something that that they're going to be able to slough off. If uh, um, it's going to continue to be a recurrence, obviously he's going to need to have the surgery. Whether they can get him through this year or not is obviously a question. Um, but but no, it, it, it is bad news, and um, and it makes you wonder these guys that uh, um, that want to rehab and try to get through it. Um, that just that that doesn't happen. I mean, these these are body parts that that aren't necessarily uh, they aren't being asked to perform natural um, movement for these body parts. I mean, throwing overhanded, uh, the, the torque and force generated from these hips when they're pushing off the pitch, uh, these just aren't natural movements for these body parts, and they can't expect them to heal naturally um, and, and just go back and do it all over again. It just doesn't work that way. So, uh, so yeah, bad news for the Nats, bad news for Glover. Hopefully, uh, hopefully it's just soreness and he can get back, but um, I would be shocked if this, at this point I would be shocked if he's able to finish the season out. Well, yeah, that would be a huge blow to the Nationals who are already struggling the bullpen, as I mentioned. But before we wrap up, uh, nine games into a 10-game road trip here. Started in Atlanta, three in New York after that. Now three or four uh, done in Colorado, and they're eight and one on this road trip. Uh, you can't really ask for anything more than that other than a, a sweep of three straight series. But uh, they have a chance to go home at least uh, eight and two if they drop tomorrow, nine and one in ten games if they take the series finale with the Rockies. And really just impressive the way the Nats. This is a tough road trip, uh, tough hours. They got in late everywhere they went pretty much. Uh, finished up late um, before the Atlanta series. Uh, played late Sunday night in New York and had to fly out to Colorado. Got in at 5 a.m. So the fact that they've done what they've done so far is just extremely impressive. Yeah, you know, the, 
the only the only break that they got on this road trip is being able to do the first two legs of it in the Eastern Time Zone. Um, but you had to go to two division opponents, uh, especially the one that, that, that ought to be contending against you for the top of the division. Uh, anytime you got to play in, in, in Coors Field, uh, it takes a toll on you. It takes a toll on your pitching staff. Um, obviously, with, with Strasburg going on the paternity list, they didn't have their big gun coming into um, to Colorado on top of that. So, uh, yeah, you know, this has just been a tremendous road trip for them. Um, you know, anytime you go on a 10-game trip, it, you know, you, you hope for 7-3, and three, uh, you shoot for a winning record, anything else is gravy. And, um, and right now they're just swimming in gravy whether they win tomorrow or not. Gio Gonzalez is going to attest his uh, strong start to the season, 2-0, and 1-3-5 ERA, 21 Ks on the year against Antonio Senzatella, who I've never seen pitch. Look forward to getting to see a new Rocky uh, starter out there tomorrow, 3.05 p.m. I'm sorry, 3.10 p.m. Uh, series finale out in Coors Field. The Nationals are 15-6 and six on the year after the win, 11-4 tonight in Coors Field. Matt's Nightly, sponsored by FederalBaseball.com. Thank you very much for filling in these last couple of days out there on the West Coast. It's a lot easier than uh, here for the, on the East Coast for our other writers. So very much appreciated, Dave. Good to talk to you as always, and talk to you again soon, I'm sure. Sounds good. It's been my pleasure. Matt's Nightly, signing off. Doug has his go Nats.